thanks for checking out the KZMC podcast. My name is April Zare, and I'm an associate pastor at KZMC. This podcast is a recording of sermon teachings from our 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship gatherings. We release a new episode every Tuesday. If you're looking to check out our Sunday mornings, you can find our live stream over on our YouTube channel on Kingsfield Zurich Mennonite Church. We'd also love to have you join us in person. You can find out all the details about our Sunday mornings on our website, kzmc.ca. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Hey, it's great to have the opportunity to be with you again this morning. Um, I saw that picture of myself up there. It's not usual that I walk into buildings and there's a picture of me uh, on the wall. So uh, that can just kind of disappear. It doesn't need to be up there. But uh, it is wonderful to see each of you uh, to be in God's home again as we have this chance just to share together. And I wanted to start this morning uh, just with a couple words of encouragement and hope. And I, I really hope that this uh, the few things that I do share with you this morning are lifting and encouraging to you, uh, but just wanted to give you a bit of a glimpse into this past week for Karen and myself. My wife Karen is here, and I don't know if uh, any of you are having the opportunity or taking the opportunity, but if you have, is it not wonderful again to be traveling? Uh, and we've actually had a couple opportunities, but this week we were out in uh, British Columbia, uh, most of our children have migrated, our three daughters have migrated uh, west for a couple different reasons. And on Monday night, we were on the campus of UBC in Vancouver, the University of British Columbia, and our daughter, who's, I guess, second from the left there, Renee, uh, graduated from Regent College. And so that was just a wonderful opportunity to celebrate, uh, to be in that kind of a space. And then I'll go to the one next shot. And this is also what some of you uh, women can really identify with, I'm sure, uh, grandfathers as well. We have our two grandsons out in BC, and they're way too far away. You can appreciate that. We live here in Ontario. It's just too far, but it is uh, great to have the opportunities just to be uh, with family. So it's a great uh, kind of new season that we're finding ourselves in. Oh, and I guess I should say before I get too far in, welcome to any of those of you who are online uh, as you are engaging with us. It's great to have you in this uh, service as well. Um, so my hope this morning, as I said, was to be of encouragement to you. We are walking out of, we trust, a pretty unique time in history. Uh, these last couple of years have been challenging They've been disheartening. They have been fraught with just all kinds of emotion and angst and not always knowing sort of what is coming next. I don't think we know at this time how it's going to actually really impact us. Uh, some days, you know, you wake up and you go, well, life isn't that much different than it's been. And then every now and again you go, but oh, like, we've actually walked through some challenging, challenging days. Um, I don't know if any of you drive into some of the bigger centers. I was just thinking, as I was imagining kind of a couple years ago, 
Do you remember going to like a Costco or to a bigger store and those long lineups that we had to walk through? And we had pylons and, uh, you know, fenced areas where we were carefully trying to stay distant. And I know we're still trying to do that appropriately. There was the never-ending lockdowns that have impacted us, staying in our homes, staying separate from each other to stay safe. My mother is out in British Columbia, and for seniors, particularly seniors in homes, um, it has been just a ridiculously complicated and challenging time. So many months and weeks by herself in her room, not even able really to meander in the building as they were trying to carefully uh, watch over people. And that's not to mention all the losses that have taken place uh, over these number of years. Think about all the students who have not had normal kind of experience, right? Going through high school, it's been different, or online, uh, trying to keep up in all those ways. The graduations, we've had a couple girls that have had graduations over this uh, season and they didn't happen or they were online in some odd version. We had our youngest daughter graduated from Brock University down in Niagara and of course there was nothing happening and so we did our best. We were able to drive around and stuff like that and we made her one of those black hats and uh, I got pictures of her trying to throw it into the air, like just trying to do different things to celebrate in this really odd time. And then of course there's been the loss. Loss of people that we have known and people that we care for. I personally uh, lost my dad through the pandemic. Uh, one of the early casualties of COVID. And we weren't able to be at the funeral. We weren't able to participate in the normal ways of saying farewell. Uh, I was actually at a funeral uh, just last Thursday, I think it was, in Niagara. And it just struck me in that moment, like my dad didn't have the opportunity, not that he would have known it, of course, because he passed away, but he didn't have the opportunity to be honored. He was a pastor for more than 50 years. And through COVID, passed away. We did an online kind of memorial Fortunately, a year later, we were able to do something in person, but it's just such a different time. And then, of course, I could go on about all the polarizing issues that we've been struggling with uh, over these days, whether it's political, whether it's issues of the vaccine or masks, and it has ripped out a lot of our friendships and relationships, and we come out somewhat scarred I don't think nobody is emerging from this pandemic having been unaffected. It's been challenging, I think you would agree. So the question I want us to think about this morning is how do we move forward? How in the power of God's spirit do we move into kind of the future that he would have for us? And is it simply, as maybe some of our inclination is, to kind of try to go back and recreate what life was like in the beginning of 2020? Or is it 
possibly something quite different. And how do we move towards that? And so I was drawn to this passage in Hebrews. It says, I was thinking about this, and I, as I said, I really hope that these words can be an encouragement to all of us as we're moving out of this time. I thought of these early followers of Jesus, the Hebrew Christians, scattered all over the Roman Empire. And this book, probably written by the Apostle Paul, we're not 100% sure, is a word of challenge and a word of encouragement to them, and they knew what it was like to go through difficult times. Um, they, in their life, had experienced all kinds of things, and certainly, because they were choosing to follow Jesus, they were under intense persecution and challenge. And so again, let me just read those words uh, that Pete already read to us, but just as a and you can follow along behind me here. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, and having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more, as you see the day approaching. Now, this is a pretty deep theological passage, actually. There's a lot of stuff going on, and I'm not going to go and mine into sort of all of the depths of what this writer is sharing with these Hebrew believers. I'm going to keep it kind of, hopefully not superficial, but simple, and hopefully engaging, because I'm really struck with those two little words where he says, let us. Let's do this. Well, what is it that we are to do? Amidst all the challenges that we find ourselves in, this writer offers a way forward for the believers then, and I think for us today. And so he starts with these words, and I want to just highlight three of them, and then in a second passage in this book, just coming up, there's two more times where he says, let us, let's go for it, let's do this together. So the first one is this, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and the full assurance of faith. Let us draw near to God. In a time of isolation, in a time of uncertainty, in a time of brokenness and pain, the invitation is, and it's always there, for us to draw nearer to God. He's always there. He's always present. He's right here, present among us. But so often we feel distant. We feel separate. We feel 
away from. And the invitation is simply, friends, why not in these moments intentionally draw nearer to God? It's something we can do. It's really not that complicated, but it's an intentional choice to draw nearer. And I wonder as you think about that, what are the ways that you find in your own personal journey that you are drawn closer to the Lord? Because it's really helpful to be aware. We're all different and there are different things. For some of us, it's music. For some of us, it's celebration and worship. For some of us, it's just quiet. I put up this one picture. Oh, if you'll go back just one shot. I love to go to an, an area in Niagara, right along the Niagara Gorge, not too far from Niagara Falls. And I wander through some of the brush area there. And just seeing both the water as well as seeing the trees, it's a space, it's a place where I find myself personally drawn closer to the Lord. Another spot is where Karen and I were uh, late last year when we visited one of our daughters just outside of Winnipeg. This is Lake of the Woods. It's in Ontario. And it's a spot where, again, it was quiet. We were blessed with being at somebody's cottage. And I just positioned this picture to get you to think about what is it like to sit in a Muskoka chair quietly and inviting God's presence to join you in the other chair. What does it mean for you to draw near to God? Because as we move into a new kind of time, one of the first encouragements from our writer is, friends, draw close to God. You will recall the words of Jesus in Matthew 11 where he once said to his disciples, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So it's not complicated, but it takes intentionality to put our phones to the side, to put our busyness to the side, to put our thoughts of work and whatever challenges are there, and to actually place ourselves in a spot where we can draw near to God. Secondly, he says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Let us, hold, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Now, this isn't simply earthly optimism because we know that human hope can so often be dashed. How many Maple Leaf fans are out there? Sorry to bring it up. <laughs> Hopes dashed again. I haven't been a really big fan, but this year for all of you and for all of my friends, I was really hoping for change. And I believe, particularly in game six, that this was the moment. But our, our hopes get dashed so easily in this world, right? But the hope that we have in Christ... The hope that we have in the Lord is completely different. The psalmist, David, who also went through so many challenges, he wrote this in Psalm 62. He said, surely, and this is the people that were opposing him, they intend to topple me, 
from my lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He's my fortress. I will not be shaken. In the midst of all kinds of challenge, our hope can be in the Lord. Or Paul saying in Romans chapter 15, he says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I was again thinking of an image that could capture this, and I decided to put up a shot of my mother. This would have been on Wednesday. We were just there. I flew home Wednesday evening. As I said, mom's been in a long-term care home. Dad was in an adjacent place because of some of the other issues that he was struggling with Alzheimer's before he passed. It's been hard. How do you encourage your 88-year-old mom who sits, often comments about how lonely it is, but you know that there is this uncanny hope that she continues to hold on, that she will again see dad, that she will again be with her brothers and sisters, and that even though the world is so challenging for her in this moment. There's that holding on to hope because she knows her maker. She knows her Lord. There's a third let us in this passage. In verse 24, he says, let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds. How do we do that? creatively supporting, encouraging each other. You know, one of the things the pandemic has done is it's pushed us to be far more isolated, right? Out of necessity in so many ways. But you begin to pick up on habits and you begin to do things much more on your own and in sort of isolated kind of ways. The writer reminds the followers of Jesus and he reminds us that actually in God's way of operating, it is about community. It is about coming together. And I found it so interesting that he says, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Now, isn't that interesting? 2,000 years ago, like we know that's true today, but 2,000 years ago, early believers, even then, they sometimes wrestled with what's the value of meeting together. And Paul's encouragement was, it's really important to keep coming together in whatever fashion, whether it's in homes or whether it's gathering on Sundays and other opportunities, but to be together in community. Two Sundays ago, I had the privilege of being at one of our churches in Niagara. And we have had the privilege of connecting in with migrant workers that every year come to Canada. And so it was our first celebration in two years now where we could actually all be together. And these friends of mine, these Jamaican gentlemen, primarily, there's a few women that come, but mostly it's the guys, uh, many who have been coming for 20 plus years to work in the vineyards and that sort of thing, 
we gathered together for an evening celebration, and we've had now, over the last five, six years, all kinds of opportunities to gather these gentlemen, to celebrate, to do things um, in, in just all kinds of ways of building community, but it was so cool last Sunday. Uh, and I guess I could have shown you a, a video clip of this moment, but just seeing these people and how excited they were to finally be together again. I mean, I remember when there's five gentlemen in particular that I connect with on a regular basis, and so they're in one farm, and I remember when they came, it would have been March of uh, 2020, maybe it was just the beginning of April, and they were completely cloistered, locked down. In fact, there was, you know, they were in the home, and there was like uh, tape on the door, like do not enter kind of thing. And we've gone from that to now being able to gather again and to worship. And they were leading the worship. It was just really exciting. We need that. It's that sense of community, being together. And so the writer here is just encouraging us, find ways to encourage each other. Not to guilt each other, but encourage each other. Hey, we need each other. How can we do that better? How can we support each other? Because we're in this together. In chapter 10, verse 39, he says, We do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. In chapter 11, which is the next chapter, and I won't read it or go into it in specifics, but many of you will know that this is the chapter of faith. And it is story after story after story of Paul or this writer sharing about amazing Old Testament characters and how they persevered in the midst of all kinds of challenge. They clung to their faith. And I was reminded of some present-day heroes or individuals I would consider heroes. And I wanted to introduce you to one family. This is Pablo and his wife and two daughters. Pablo's a friend of mine who is a pastor, church, church planting in Lviv, Ukraine. He doesn't need to be there, carries a Canadian passport, but chooses to be with his people. And more recently, as Lviv itself was coming under fire, uh, he took his wife and children to safety in Poland, and then Pavlo has gone back. And I could show you picture after picture and videos of what they are presently doing in that country to support, to care for. They've opened their home, they've opened their church facility, it's been a refugee center as people have been moving through and trying to flee the country. And I put him in that category of a person of immense faith and courage present-day hero. The end of chapter 11, the writer to these Hebrews talks about these people of faith, and he says, the world was not worthy of them. And when I see examples like Pablo, I go, my goodness, we have it so well. It's challenging to be true, but it's so amazing to have these kind of people modeling for us a way of faith. Well, in chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, our writer adds, Therefore, friends, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, both then and today, let us 
throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Again, there's two of those short words in this passage. He says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And back in November, when we drove to see our daughter in Winnipeg, we drove past the Terry Fox, and I'll show you this picture, uh, memorial. You'll remember his story. Throwing off everything that would hinder so that he could stay about the task. And I would just ask you, what possibly hinders you in this moment? What's holding you back? Is there any sin that's entangling and tripping you up? Maybe it's a certain kind of habit. Maybe it's a lack of faith, doubt. Could be some kind of addiction. Maybe it's just complacency. Our writer is encouraging us, friend, whatever it is, if you can identify it, set it aside. Press forward for that which God is calling you. And then the last let us piece that I notice is let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I have a picture of our youngest. I didn't know that there would be a runner or a jogger in our family. Uh, that hasn't been Karen and Mai's modeling or disposition. Uh, but Bree, in the last couple of years, took up running. And so out in Vancouver, I think it was last fall, she did her first partial marathon. So proud of her. Running with perseverance, the race marked out for us. And I want to just underline that last part. The race marked out for you. Not the person seated beside you. Not the race marked out for me. Not the expectations that others have of you, but the race that Jesus has for you. Run towards that. And then he adds, and he concludes with this, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you do not grow weary and lose heart. And I was thinking about the model of Jesus. And if you think about these five let us statements, he modeled them completely. You see, he regularly drew near to his father. We have all kinds of examples in scripture where Jesus would slip away into quiet, into solitude to pray. He held on to hope against all opposition. He knew what he was about. 
He spurred on his followers. He had this little band of disciples and he continually was encouraging and modeling. We're doing this together and they turned the world upside down together. He threw off all the encumbrances, everything that potentially could have held him back. And he ran the race that his father had set for him. And so I want to encourage you this morning, we trust, and I guess we still have to say we trust we're coming out of this pandemic season. Um, it probably is going to have some hiccups along the way. But as we are emerging, there are things that we can do to be focused, to be about what God would have for us. And so I would simply want to encourage you in your own way, how can you draw near to God? How can you hold on to hope even when maybe it seems, earthly speaking, quite hopeless? How can you spur on your family, your friends, your neighbors towards love and good deeds? What are the things you need to throw aside so that you don't get tripped up and how can you run with perseverance the race marked out for you? I love how the writer ends the book. It's virtually right near the end of Hebrews. It's the benediction, and I will close with these words. Now, may the, now, may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And Jesus, as we close our time, we just in our own ways want to say, we want to be those kind of people. Help us as we strive. May your spirit empower us. May you encourage us. May you guide us so that we can apply these simple truths to be drawn closer to you, to live the kind of lives that you want us to live in this moment in this place, in this community. And we pray all this in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.